I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Sandeep Bagaria, Chief Executive Officer of Tagit. And we're looking into the digital banking landscape in Asia. How do you see it? I think it's an extremely interesting time for digital banking in Asia. There are a few things that are happening in these markets. One, if you look at the incumbents, the local banks, they're really investing heavily in digital these days, and they're really trying to target new segments of the market. And if you look at Asia itself, you're really looking at two broad segments, the banked population, as well as a large unbanked population. So towards the bank population, you're seeing the banks trying to see how they can get a larger wallet share from these customers. And then of course, with the unbanked population, they're trying to see how they can bring them into financial inclusion. So you see a lot of the local banks making a lot of investments. At the same time, you have a lot of regulators issuing new licenses. So you've seen new licenses being issued in Singapore, in Philippines, Malaysia is gonna be issuing as well. So a number of new players are coming into the market. And I think that just makes the whole ecosystem a lot more vibrant uh, because you've got now these new players who are born digital first and very customer focused. So they're offering a whole set of new services. Maybe previously people who couldn't get a loan, now they can go to these new players and get a loan or a new service, which they couldn't get before. So the new players are making it interesting. And I think finally over the last year, a lot of the consumers have also taken to digital in a large way especially with COVID coming on board. And a lot of customers are now demanding a digital first experience from their financial institutions. So overall, I think it's a great time to be in Asia, uh, especially in digital banking. One of the key issues I'd like to take up with you that you mentioned there, financial inclusion. Mm -hmm. The problem, the key problem with getting financial inclusion is first of all, it's been potentially quite expensive for banks to do. And secondly, as a corollary to that, it's not very profitable. Digital banking solves some of those problems, doesn't it? It does solve some of those problems. So, so let me talk about it from the two perspectives. One is from the consumer itself. So obviously, the cost of acquiring a customer, the cost of servicing a customer through a digital app versus, say, a branch becomes a lot more cost efficient. So if I had to service a lot more customers, I don't have to open a lot more branches. So that definitely helps a lot. But I think what banks are also doing is they're establishing a lot of key partnerships with a number of either retailers or agents in different parts of you know, the community through whom they can actually offer these services. Because at the end of the day, you can do a lot of things digitally. The one thing you can't do is cash in, cash out, right? And for financial inclusion, cash in, cash out is just such a critical piece of it and the banks are solving this problem by establishing large partnerships with merchants, retailers, agents, and they're able to then bring on a lot of new customers on board. And you'll see a lot of these new customers, while they may not have been financially included before, they're really digitally savvy and they take to it very easily, right? In terms of doing P2P transfers and also buying goods and services. So that's why I think digital banking is making a real difference in financial inclusion today. Well, let's explore the impact of COVID. You did mention it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's changed how customers interact with banks. It's changed how customers want to interact with banks and what they expect from banks. How has it changed attitudes among bankers? So I think uh, COVID has really changed attitude across uh, industries you know, and banking specifically. Uh, a lot of industries before which would think that, yes, we absolutely must do something in the physical world and could not imagine doing it all digital. 
have had those models shaken up. And they realize that not only can they run their businesses remotely, but they can also service their customers remotely. And not only can they service them remotely, but they can probably provide a lot more services a lot more efficiently as well, right? Uh, I often joke that you know it has probably converted a lot of analog bankers into digital bankers because we were all forced last year to really become digital. When you're locked up in your house, you've got no choice, but the only way of interaction is digital. Uh, I'll give you the example of one large uh, bank from Australia, which you know was thinking of having 30% of their workforce remote over a multi-year program. And they had to do it in three weeks, right? 100% of the workforce. And they did it successfully. Even companies like us, if you had asked me, you know, could you run a company 100% remote? My short answer would have been no, 18 months ago. And today I'm absolutely yes. So I think it has changed attitudes across bankers and different industries. And I think it has also changed a lot of consumer behavior because on the consumer side as well, while a lot of consumers prefer to either talk to their bankers or meet their bankers, uh, they are happy doing it over a Zoom call today. And they feel that they can get the same service if you really need a relationship manager or they are adopting digital banking and finding the convenience of their digital banking. So I think it has really changed attitudes a lot. And I think it will only be for the better as we go forward. Uh, you mentioned a couple of the ways that people contact their bankers, interact with their bankers there. Mm-hmm. The ideal, presumably, is an omni-channel solution so that I can get the same experience, whether I'm using my phone, my computer, whether I'm talking to somebody on Zoom, whether mm-hmm. indeed I'm doing telephone banking. What would you say are the key tenets of an omni-channel solution? Sure. So I think let me divide it into multiple layers You know, as we look at these tenants. First of all, you've got to look at the customer touch points. You must be consistent in your experience across the touch points. And these could be self-service channels or service channels, right? So if I went to the branch and requested for something, I should be able to see that request on my online or digital experience as well. So you need to be consistent across all of these different channels. You don't want to be adding a beneficiary on your internet banking and then having to do the same on your mobile banking, right? So you absolutely must have that engagement once with the bank and be able to see it across. So the customer touchpoint experiences must be very, very consistent, right? Now, a lot of banks are able to achieve that. But what's interesting is, you know, in the good old days, maybe 20 years ago, you would put a portal where basically you've got multiple different backend systems and services, but you're trying to give the customer the illusion that it's all one, right? And you're trying to give it as one experience to the customer. Now, I think that was fine when we were dealing with internet banking and maybe 20 years ago, the adoption was at a certain level. You can't do that today. You can't have 10 different biller systems. You can't have 10 different you know, balance systems at the host uh, and let alone customer systems, right? That your customer is not known across your different systems. So at the second level, all of your business services, you need to make sure that you have got one system which is then driving it across different channels. So if you've got one biller management, make sure it's one biller management across five different channels, right? So while you're making it consistent from the channel, from the for the customer, I'm sorry, From the channel perspective, you must also make sure that your systems are the same, right? And finally, you know, when you talk about things like security, availability, you cannot, your platforms must be such that they scale across all of these channels and all of these different services. You cannot have an internet banking, which is very intuitive, gives you a lot of notification, is super fast and hyperscalable, and a mobile banking, which is equally slow, or a branch system, which is equally slow, right? So 
you must make sure that your platforms are built for scale. And this is where technologies are really evolving today, which through microservices, open banking, allow you to deliver these services. So I think how you define omni-channel today is not only just about that customer touch point, which is that final goal, but the architecture behind it is very critical. And that's something at Tagit we really focus on with our clients, that how do you do get that omni-channel architecture in place? Well, let's go a little bit inside the engine, under the bonnet, as it were. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the importance of using an open technology stack? I think I know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> hypercritical, hypercritical. So if you look at open technologies today, right? first of all, the set of technologies that are evolving in digital uh, is, is vast. So whether used for open banking or whether you use things like Angular or React on the internet side, or obviously iOS and Android on the mobile side, you are having to deal with a whole set of technologies. And these technologies evolve very rapidly. We are not talking about in years, we are talking about in months and weeks, new versions will come out. Now, you as an institution need to make sure that you, number one, have the talent to be able to keep up with these technologies, right? And that itself is a challenge. And if you take all of these technologies or if you take a proprietary set of technologies, it's gonna be very difficult for you to scale as these technologies evolve. So it is very important that when you set up your architecture, you're looking at an open technology stack, you're very clear the roadmap of each of these technologies, and you're very clear that how that roadmap will impact how you deliver services to your own customers, right? Because oftentimes what happens is, uh, sometimes they may not allow you, so if you take an iOS as an example, they may allow you to do something today, but then they may deprecate a set of APIs and you may not be able to provide that service tomorrow. Now you must know how to be, uh, how to work with this evolving set of technologies at any point of time. So I think happening, happening, having an open stack, at the same time having the talent to manage that open stack and an architecture which allows you to scale with these evolving technologies is is hypercritical. Well, let's put this in perspective of your company of Tagit. Mm-hmm. How does your solution change the customer's experience? Sure. So we like uh, to work with our customers in a true partnership manner. And and we really feel an ownership of the applications that we develop with our customers, right? And I would say there are three buckets that we work with them on. Number one is the UI UX. So what is that experience that the consumer is getting when they're using an application from the bank, right? You want that UI UX to be very intuitive, easy to use. You don't want to clutter it. And you want the customer to be able to find things easily as an example. So one of my customers has got more than a hundred services in their mobile applications. And what you don't want to do is have a long laundry list of uh, menu items that, oh, if you had to find check requests, please go to service number 49 uh, at the bottom of the barrel, right? But what you could do is you could do voice menus that, yes, I want to do a check request. How do you make it easy for the consumer to basically pick up any of those services? Because while you're trying to provide a lot of services, you want it to be easy to navigate and use, right? So that's first, the UI UX itself. The second level that we work with our clients is what are those services those are relevant that you want to offer to your clients? And this is where we do a lot of ideation workshops that if you're a bank, which is say going for deposit mobilization, now how do you do that, right? How do you offer uh, origination system with EKYC so you can onboard new customers? Or if you want to drive up credit card usage, how do you offer rewards and deals 
through your applications, through lifestyle applications. So what are those relevant set of services which will really help you scale as a bank and you know make you more and more relevant for your consumers, right? So what business services? And this is where that ideation comes in. We can bring in a global uh, perspective based on projects that we have done. We then try to localize it based on the requirements of the bank. And obviously we ideate with the bankers, right? So that's the second bucket on ideation. And the final bucket that I shared with you earlier is that architecture, right? That while you have a lot of great ideas, how do you have it on a strong platform which can scale? And today, you're not going to build a system in isolation. You're going to build a system which is going to be part of a larger ecosystem where you have to integrate to multiple fintechs, to your own host systems. You may have to expose them as open uh, banking API so that others can consume them. So how do you build that architecture, that digital banking architecture, so that you can be part of this ecosystem and scale not only on the basis of what you're doing, but also how you are interacting with all of these other players in their ecosystem, right? So I'll summarize it. It's the UI UX, is that ideation in terms of what business services you deliver. And then number three, the architecture and the application itself, right? So that you're part of that larger ecosystem. Sandeep Bagaria, Chief Executive Officer of Tagit, thank you very much.